With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Uh, It's been a crazy day for me today. I think I have done maybe seven appearances. It is day one of day X, as we've been talking about. Uh, The hearings for journalist and publisher Julian Assange uh, started today. Today, uh, and uh, first of all, I guess I should mention, um, we were scheduled to have a documentarian Juan Passarelli on the show tonight and also tomorrow. Um, Unfortunately, he had something come up, so we had to cancel for this evening. He will be on tomorrow, though, uh, so no worries about that. Unfortunately, he had to cancel for today, though. My friend Amber King, though, she was just recently on the show. She is also on the ground in London covering the hearing, so she's going to be joining us. She jumped in last minute to save the day. Um, so I'm very excited to have her. She, she was out in the crowd uh, with my people. I'm very excited. Uh, the, the turnout was massive. It was so cool uh, to see. Uh, Stella actually tweeted out a video uh, about an hour ago uh, where she uh, took a video as they were leaving for lunch. And it is just a sea of people. And it is so cool to see. So um, uh, so today we heard from the defense. Um, and y'all crushed it. They did so good. I mean, there was a couple things where I was like, oh, um, just a couple like nitpicky things if I'm going to be nitpicky, but I really shouldn't be because uh, Mark Summers really destroyed um, so many of the arguments today. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that with Amber. Obviously, she was out on the streets, um, so we can talk a little bit about what happened inside the courtroom. Um, but I want to also get her viewpoint about, um, you know, what the attitude was um, outside. Um, but yeah, he absolutely destroyed the argument. Uh, m- many of the arguments, they talked a lot about the U.S.-U.K. extradition treaty, the way that it is, um, you know, not permitted to uh, extradite somebody based on political grounds. Very obviously, this is a political case. There's really no um, debate. There's no debate to be had about that. This is absolutely a political case. Um, So they did that. They also, and I was very excited and happy that they were able to do this, um, they did have a conversation and they did bring up the plots to assassinate Assange, which really hasn't gotten a lot of discussion in the courtroom. So I'm very glad that it was discussed um, at length today so that that could also be put on the record. Um, I think that that's incredibly important. Um, so, uh, so much of what they, uh, they did today was really fantastic. They talked, talked about the plots to, um, kidnap him. Um, you know, there was a whole, they just really did such a great job. If you want to read, there's a really good, um, summary of what happened in the courtroom up at assangedefense.org. They did a great, really fast. I don't know how they pushed this out so fast. Somebody must've been working on it literally as they were <laughs> doing the uh, the arguments in court because they, I mean, it was within like an hour, I think of court ending that this was out. So um, it's at assangedefense.org. It's a great uh, little summary, but also numerous journalists who were in the courtroom today, um, desperately trying to live tweet. Again, <sighs> so frustrating there. Uh, the situation for journalists was, subpar as always, as is always the case in the Assange, Assange situation. Um, first of all, we we talked about that there was a lot of um, delay on whether or not people were going to be approved. Um, if you were outside of England or Wales, you were denied video link access, all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, And then St- Stefania Marizzi uh, tweeted out that she had been uh, granted permission to attend, but then they like stuffed them all in a room with no tables and no, so there was nowhere for them to set up laptops or any way to like actually do substantive 
work. So um, the sound, there was audio quality issues. Again, there always is. It is fascinating to me that it is the year of our Lord 2024 and we can't figure out how to fix an like some audio for a court hearing. Um, I'm pretty sure it's intentional. Um, also, uh, just a brief note, um, we talked about um, Assange having applied for permission to attend his own hearings. He was not there. And um, I'm a little concerned about what we're hearing about that because it's I've gotten some muddied uh, explanations for that. I think that the the very just like kind of general blanket statement was he's sick. Um, but then uh, Kevin Gastola tweeted out something that he um, was so ill that he was coughing so hard that he broke a rib. Um, but then Declassified D uh, UK tweeted out that that actually happened in December. So I'm wondering if is he still sick from that? What is uh, so I I would like to know what's going on with Julian Assange's health. I would like to know why he is not in attendance. He's not in attendance in person or via video link. He's not there at all. Um, so I find that to be very troubling. Uh, so I would really like to get some answers as far as that goes. Obviously, I think when we have Juan here, Juan is a close family friend. He's been a friend of Julian's for many years. So I think he will probably have some inside information on that. Um, so certainly we will be asking him about that, but I was very troubled by the fact that, um, it, we did, there didn't seem to be a clear explanation for his absence. Um, if he's sick, he's sick. That's fine, I guess. Um, you know, but I think that I would just like to know, I would like to have more clear reporting on that uh, to know for sure exactly what's going on. How ill is he? What's wrong with him? Obviously, as we've discussed at length, he has underlying health conditions that are very serious. He had a mini stroke last year um, that could, it, well, that could, it, it's not that it could be, it is a precursor to more significant and serious health issues down the line. So um, uh, all of his supporters are obviously very concerned about his health and it's a very stressful time for him as well. So um, we would just like to have some further information about that. So we will ask Juan about that tomorrow. Um, but lots of good things came out of today. Hopefully the crowd is just as large tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to hear from the prosecution. So they're going to have to come and answer all of the defense's arguments from today and try to rebut them. It's going to be a genuinely infuriating day tomorrow. So I'm ready for that. Um, okay, don't forget you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the substack, mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guests of the day with links every day so that you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. If you have a guest idea or a show idea or you just have a question, whatever it is, hit me up and I will try to get back to you. And hey, did you know there's many ways that you can watch or listen to TNT? Uh, why not stream us direct from our website, which is again, tntradio.live on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device. Or, and this is how I do it, you can download the app from the app store. That way I can carry it around my pocket while I'm doing chores. Uh, and then we even stream live on X. Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. So we've got you covered right here on today's News Talk TNT. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. On Tuesday, the U.S. once again vetoed a draft United Nations Security Council resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. It's not a war, really. It's a genocide. Uh, here with this story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. No surprise here. Adam, you asked, the United States really loves them some genocide, don't they? Yeah, this is, uh, I see a pattern developing here, Missy. This is uh, like that song, once, twice, three times, lady. <laughs> and by lady, I, of course, mean the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who was the only one in the room to cast a veto against this resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Oh, my. Three times. Three times now. 
I think uh, we get the picture. Uh, this particular resolution was introduced by Algeria, which has no formal diplomatic ties with Israel, uh, is how it's being reported. Algerian, Algerian Ambassador Amar Benjama told the Security Council of 15 nations uh, following the failed vote, quote, our message for you today is that the international community should respond to the calls for ending the killing of Palestinians by calling for an immediate ceasefire, end quote. The United Kingdom, which also has a permanent veto, I believe there's a total of five countries that can do that. Uh, well, the UK decided to abstain while all the other remaining 13 members voted in favor. While the Security Council requires nine votes to pass a resolution, as the name would insist, the veto, uh, which the U.S. polled, uh, automatically overrules the majority. Uh, in addition to the United States and the United Kingdom, China and Russia are others who have a permanent veto on the Security Council. Uh, meanwhile, apparently, the uh, U.S. Uh, introduced an alternative Security Council resolution calling for a temporary ceasefire fire. Whether there will be a vote on it is to be determined. I had heard and seen in some of the reports they're putting some stipulations down involving uh, hostages. I'm not sure if that's 100% official yet. Uh, the U.S. draft, uh, here it is, uh, they call for Israel not to launch a military operation into the Gazan city of Rafah, which borders Egypt, as doing so, quote, would result in further harm to civilians and their further displacement, including potentially into neighboring countries, end quote. Uh, the aforementioned ambassador to the UN for the United States, Linda Thomas-Greenfeld, told the Security Council, quote, for weeks we have made it incredibly clear that the resolution before the council would not achieve the goal of a sustainable peace and may in fact run counter to it. She continues, quote, proceeding with a vote today was wishful and irresponsible. And so while we cannot support a resolution that would put sensitive negotiations in jeopardy, we look forward to engaging on a text that we believe will address so many of the concerns we all share, a text that can and should be adopted by the council so that we can have a temporary ceasefire as soon as practical based on the formula of all hostages being released, end quote. Yeah, okay, see, I was correct in there. Uh, so anyways, uh, nonetheless, said Miss Thomas Greenfeld, a temporary ceasefire would be, quote, critical to getting aid into the hands of Palestinian civilians who desperately, desperately need it, end quote. While some folks like you, Misty, and myself might argue what they desperately need is to stop having bombs rained on top of them. Uh, the Biden administration has resisted calls from progressives to call for a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Uh uh, yeah, which, of course, all that started on October 7th. We know that uh, following the vote, uh, Israeli ambassador Gilad Erdan called any ceasefire a, quote unquote, silver bullet for Hamas. Uh, he said a, quote, ceasefire is the epitome of a kick the can down the road, end quote, that would allow Hamas to gain ammunition and attack Israel again. Uh, same old story. But yes, Misty, here we are. Third time in a row. What do you think about it this time? I'm so tired of them pretending like they care about the hostages. How many hostage deals does Benjamin Netanyahu have to turn down before people realize that he does not care one lick 
about the hostages. Not a single bit does he care about the hostages. It's not about the hostages, y'all. This has never been about the hostages. I mean, listen, this is the country that has the Hannibal Directive, which uh, they just kill their own people. If you get taken hostage, we'll just kill you because we don't want to have to deal with a hostage negotiation. This is who we're dealing with. So it's just very frustrating to me um, that that's still a, a, a talking point that people are still falling into. Um, also, I think it's interesting, and this is a little bit of an aside, uh, but <laughs> Nancy Pelosi today tried to claim she said are you ready for this adam she said quote israel is a very is very well equipped with weaponry there's nothing that we have sent since october 7th that has contributed to this brutality in the longer run they are in a dangerous neighborhood end quote she is legitimately trying to claim that the united states has not contributed any weapons whatsoever to the uh massacre that has been taking place of palestinians since october 7th i mean that that she said that out loud with a straight face is um i mean it's not surprising but it's so funny to me that she has the nerve to say things like that on national television but yeah listen this is uh the united states is not going to do anything to hold israel to account they're not going to uh put any kind of um stipulations on how and when they can use their weapons uh israel has a, a blank check they can do whatever they want uh, the united states is never ever 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 going to stand up to them unless uh the pressure can continues to build so extensively in the world, uh, the world stage continues to get louder about this and other countries uh, begin to hold Israel to account. I think that there is a potential that that could, or I think that there's a, a possibility that um, the United States could do like those very weak-willed, as we've seen kind of already, um, it's an election year. I think Biden, there might be some like very weak-willed, like strongly worded letter type situations where we finger wag and, hey, cut that out. Um, uh, there may be some of that, but it's never going to be anything of substance. So. Um, um, that's just uh, the United States. The Joe Biden administration is fully backing a genocide. That is what is happening right now. But what do you think about this, Adam? Wow, the Pelosi comment. My mind is still stuck on that one. Um, I, 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 she, she might be telling the truth, Misty, because we've seen what happened when we, quote unquote, air quotes for the people who aren't watching the live stream. And you should be watching us on video. It's awesome. Uh, we sent all this money and weapons to Ukraine, and it turns out a lot of that didn't wind up in Ukraine. Where did it go? So maybe she's telling the truth. All of this stuff we gave to Israel maybe went somewhere else, and she just let the cat out of the bag. But yeah, how ridiculous. How would she know that the bullets that killed civilians didn't come from the U.S.? That came from somewhere else. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. We know that the, some of the stuff has come from us. There's not a question about it. Uh, Palestinians have found the remnants of bombs and things like that. We know the white phosphorus that they've used in Lebanon came from the United States. She's full of it. I mean, she's Nancy Pelosi, so obviously she's full of it. But again, it's just the the audacity to go on national television. Let me see if I can figure out where this is at. Um, a show called The Conflict Zone. Um, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. It looks like MSC. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. Um, uh, but so if anybody wants to go check it out, I found it through Hotspot. Uh, my friend Nico Houseworks there. Uh, you can follow them at Hotspot Hotspot. Uh, and they have the video. It is, I, I I think I watched it three times and just laughed every time because um, it's so ridiculous. And the audacity to go on television and just such a bold-faced lie. I mean, it, it is... It, 
I, I couldn't do that. Like, I can't, I can't lie like that. I, I, all credit to politicians for being able to pull that off because that is a massive lie. Uh, and uh, it, it's astonishing to me that anybody would buy that, but there will be people who believe that and believe it to be true. And it is just gross, but the United States is absolutely not just arming, but also funding this genocide. We're sending a ton of money, a ton of weapons, a ton of, um, surveillance support. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. We're helping, you know, know, uh, give directives on where to attack. I mean, it, we are fully entrenched in this genocide. We are trying to walk that line where we support, but we don't support. Like we want to give that public perception that we're kind of hands off. We are not hands off. We are fully involved in this genocide. Um, and, uh, it, there needs to be accountability, um, across the board. I mean, Antony Blinken, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, anybody who has been involved in the situation or has voted for it needs to be held accountable. Obviously uh, right after uh, Israeli officials, starting with Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. We will talk to you again tomorrow, as always, and hang tight. We're going to be back with my pal, Amber King, right after this on today's News Talk. TNT's Dean Mackin. They want him to do a cognitive test. Now, I don't know what the rule is when it comes to driving in America or over in the UK. I can tell you that here in Australia, after you get to a certain age, and I think it's your 60s or 70s, you are required to have regular tests to make sure that you're still able to drive a motor vehicle. And it's definitely well into your, you know, probably your late 60s, definitely your 70s. Here's Joe Biden in his 80s, and he won't take a cognitive test. This is the guy who leads the largest and most powerful Western nation. Uh, some would have you believe the most powerful nation in the world. Uh, I think that time has come and gone. I think that that ship has sailed. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right. Our pal Amber King has joined us again uh, to, to fill in for Juan Passarelli. Uh, very excited to have her back. She is on the ground uh, in London covering the Assange hearing. She is a founding member of Moms Across America, March Against Monsanto, uh, Seattle, Seattle for Assange, Roar Media. Alliance for Knowledge and Reason Alaska. You have a lot of things going on, my friend, <laughs> and various other groups seeking food sovereignty and freedom. And she's the host and executive producer of Brave New Future and the Technocratic Panopticon Sports Shows on Roar Media. Um, all right, my dear friend, day one of day X. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for filling in last minute. I appreciate it. Um, day one of day X, what was the, you were on the ground outside the courthouse. What was the general mood um, of the people on the ground there, the activists outside? 
Um, it was your usual jovial, I would say, group of activists. Um, very large crowd, very um, boisterous, excited to be there, pissed off that they're still having to be there. Um, there was definitely a bit of tension of just like, we're still here protesting this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this shouldn't yeah. be happening. But damn it, we're going to be here and we're going to smile and hug our friends and make a bunch of noise and demand that people pay attention to this. So it was it was great to see friendly faces and, and people that I've never met in person. And, um, you know, that was it was it was definitely um, serious yet jovial um, and and a frustrated crowd. Yeah, you know, I can, I, I'm, yes, I can imagine. Those are, those are my people. I'm sure they're very frustrated and annoyed. But um, uh, some of the best people on planet Earth in the UK, the UK groups are fantastic, and they have done such a phenomenal job over the many years that they've had to be doing this. Um, so obviously, there were a ton of speakers there. Um, were there speech? Were there speeches um, like prior to the court proceedings beginning, uh, or was it just after? How did that work? There was so if there was after I didn't see them, but there was before and then at the mid um, lunch break, uh, people came out and spoke as well. So that was really nice. I think there might have been a couple just kind of impromptu, but I know the sound system got taken down um, oh. after after lunch. So I'm sure I'm sure the permits expired or needed to be returned until tomorrow morning. It's a very crowded. Um, little intersection as you might have seen from a lot of the footage there's a lot of tourist busts and um it's kind of one of those like v intersections where you're just getting a ton of traffic and so not a yeah. lot of room but everybody made the most of it and um you know supporting the businesses around there of course um everything was very peaceful um great, great signs of solidarity. I even met and talked to a lot of people that it was their first time attending any kind of Assange event, which that I was very, that. Um, yeah, very heartening. And, you know, even, even in the UK and, and other places that they just, they'd never heard about it until till now. So yeah. that's, that's always encouraging, you know, events. And, and we saw the same in Seattle, um, this week as well. People that just really hadn't engaged were like, oh no, we have to do this now. So we always catch always some new ones. Every event, somebody will come up to me, every event that I've organized, every event that I've attended, somebody will come up to me and be like, oh my God, I've never heard of this before. Thank you for doing this. This is awesome. I can't believe I didn't know that this was happening. So yeah, we always catch some new ones on every event. I love when that happens. I know that the crowd was like, it was a good turnout. Like, could you tell? I'm sure that being in the middle of it, it was difficult to get a gauge of exactly how many people. Have you seen any estimates as to how many people were in the crowd? I haven't. Um, and I actually expect tomorrow to be a lot larger because they are going to march um, from there to Downing yeah. Street afterwards. But I would probably say there was a good 700 to 1000 people. Nice. For such a tiny area, that's a huge amount of people because, yeah, it is a very small location uh, where the court is. It's like this. I mean, if you go, if anybody who's listening or watching this, just you just go and check out any of the live feed footage. It is like a very they call it the strand. It's very tiny. It's like, a, I mean, very British, <laughs> tiny little roadways. So um, uh, have you I, I was going to ask Juan because uh, obviously he's a close family friend of the Assange's of Julian of Stella. Um, but there was some uh, obviously he didn't attend in person or via video 
link there. They said that he was ill. There was kind of some mixed um, reporting on that, though. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Kevin Gastola said that he was so ill that he was coughing so hard that he broke a rib. But then Declassified UK said that that happened in December. Did you hear anybody talking about that? Were you able to get any um, any confirmation about what exactly is going on with his health? He didn't ask Stella's team directly and kind of what I'd heard already was a very similar kind of rumor mill stories, but I, I personally have broken a rib from coughing. So it definitely happens and for sure hurts, but I'm sure the added, I just can't even imagine the added stress and anxiety um, today might've brought also on top of that, that would have made it worse for sure. Yeah. So, well, and he's um, been dealing with osteoporosis. Yeah, he's been dealing yeah. with osteoporosis, so he's already, I mean, that's uh, certainly easier for him to do. But yeah, if you could tomorrow, if you see somebody who, or if you talk to somebody who, um, you know, has access to the family, maybe John or Gabriel or somebody who um, would have solid information. I'm obviously, I'm going to ask Juan tomorrow. Um, I was going to ask him tonight. We are obviously all very concerned about the fact that he was unable to attend at all. I mean, I was hopeful that he would be able to attend in person, obviously, um, one, so that we could just see him physically, also uh, two. Um, because the activists are so damn loud that I knew he'd be able to hear them inside the courtroom. And I would I was hoping that would give him a morale boost. Um, but uh, the idea that he was even unable to attend via video link makes me very concerned, obviously. Even questions if even the video link would have worked. All of the press yeah. that did apply and were let into the building just had a terrible experience. So Always. Which I was really personally torn between doing that and i'm so glad i didn't because it sounded awful um you know they didn't give anybody internet access they didn't give them tables the feeds were broken the audio was terrible all you could hear was like a typewriter banging they replacing the microphones in the wrong places most likely on purpose um it just it's again just added injustice on top of the injury and insult yeah, I mentioned that at the top of the show. Um, this is 100% par for the course. This happens every single time there's a hearing. This every single time. They cannot figure out how to run the video link. They can't figure out how to put the microphones so that people can hear. Um, you know, some of the lawyers will like be really far back from the microphone and you can't hear anything that they say. Um, and like Kathy Vogan, as you said, one of the uh, microphones was apparently right next to like the typewriter or somebody probably like taking the dictation of the court proceedings. Uh, so that's all they could hear was somebody banging on a typewriter. It's just so it's it's a circus sideshow. The idea that they and you're right, it is intentional. I mean, I was going to say it's ridiculous that they can't figure out how to do this at this point. They could figure out how to do this. It is a choice to not do it. They don't want this kind of thing to be covered in an extensive way. And they want to make it as hard as they can. So journalists the next time will be like, oh, I'm not going through that again. Um, and it's just so frustrating because, again, this is the single most important case on press freedom, maybe in history. And we can't even uh, get journalists to have adequate coverage and proper workspace and all of that stuff. It's so frustrating. Okay, we got to take a quick break. We're going to get some headlines. Hang tight. We'll be back here on today's News Talk. News Flash! Now, let's go! TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Australian government has announced a significant $11.1 billion enhancement for the Royal Australian Navy, which will see the Navy's warship fleet expand from 11 to 26 vessels by the late 2040s, marking the largest fleet since World War II. Elon Musk has expressed his view that Ukraine will not emerge victorious in its conflict with Russia. 
suggesting that the prospects for Kyiv and any potential peace negotiations are diminishing as the conflict continues. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. All right, we're here with Amber King of Roar Media, uh, who is on the ground in London covering the Assange hearings. Again, today was day one of a two-day process. Um, the defense presented their arguments today. Tomorrow, we will hear from the prosecution. It is going to be at, like, I'm ready for rage, <laughs> Amber. That's what I'm ready for tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, if I mean, if it was anything like that, I'm, I'm hoping the crowd's twice as big and twice as loud. Um, because they 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 deserve a little of their own medicine. Um, yes. You know, I I haven't I, I'm not sure how they're going to come at this. It was interesting to hear. I mean, basically, it's the same. It's a lot of the same talking points from many of these appeals. And it's insane to listen to them having to repeat them. And oh, well, that's new. Where's that? Oh, that was in the first you know, appeal you yeah. dismissed already, you know, I mean, it's just, it's such a circus show. It's, it's, you know, and not only is it just ridiculous in terms of, you know, court hearings and precedent, but it's also ridiculous in between, you know, the dealings between extradition and countries and who's pretty much, you know, which amendments are part of, of the case, which ones are not, which articles of, extradition apply as far as international law and it's so obvious that you know they're just railroading this entire thing and then to yes. put put our court system on a you know and international relations on such a mess i mean it's it's just disgusting it's it's really difficult to listen to yes I, I, it's so Oh, it's so hard. And obviously, I um, I wasn't uh, listening in. Um, I, I didn't have video link access. Thanks, uh, UK courts. Um, but, uh, you know, just uh, watching. First of all, we need to give an uh, unbelievable amount of credit and props to all of the journalists who were in the courthouse under those ridiculous circumstances, desperately trying to live tweet. I mean, <laughs> they can't even like record or anything. They have to try to live tweet court proceedings as they're taking place, um, you know, unable to hear properly all of that stuff. I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, and they, they've been doing this for years now. Every time there's a court date, uh, having to go through these same ridiculous hoops uh, to cover this uh, th this case is so absurd. And they do such a phenomenal job. And if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have any idea what was going on in those courtrooms. It would be a mess. Um, and it's already a mess just because they can't do their jobs properly because of the environment that they're in. But I mean, I just want to make sure that we're giving proper credit to um, all of those people. I mean, Richard Medhurst, Kathy Vogan, and Joe Loria of Consortium News, Stefania Marizzi, Kevin Gastola. I shouldn't have started naming people. Um, I do this every time Taylor and Hudak I feel bad. There. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate making lists. I don't know why I still do that. I start and then with by like the third name, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I did it again. Um, so, yeah. And I don't know if you um, uh, I know you were outside. I don't know if you were able to listen in at all to any of what was going on in the courtroom or if you've been able to read um, any of the live tweets or anything like that. But I was really um, impressed. I think Mark Summers did a really good job in court today. Have you been able to check out anything that uh, that, that that went on in the court? I, I was following along on Twitter um, as much as I could. Um so that that's kind of where I was getting most of my information as well. Um, I have I've heard there's some good interviews. I think um, 
one of his lawyers just did a, a interview. So I'll be listening to that after the show. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's just such an egregious situation on top of what's happening. I think, you know, for them to be able to have to sit through another day two of this is just going to be I know. a lot. So to be able to finish, hopefully on a high note, hopefully, you know, obviously I don't expect any grand decisions tomorrow myself. No. Um, so we expect this to continue, expect to be carried out, um, you know, but then you turn around like just on the advertisement that we just made an 11 you know, million dollar deal with the Australian government. So we're constantly trying to buy out the influence of this trial in so many yes. different ways. Um, you know, and we've seen that with Ecuador, we've seen that with the UN, we've seen that in a bunch of different arenas. And so it's kind of like all, all, all the cards are on the table and we're just going to keep pushing money at it until until it goes away or he goes away. And that's, I think the state, you know, the deep state's entire plan of this is just to keep pushing and burying and making it more difficult. Um, but we're not going anywhere, obviously. Um, no. the, the thousands of people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people around the world that, that have been following this case, that have been impacted, that, um, you know, the activists alone, there's, there's just so much writing on this now i don't think that was the case when he was first arrested no and i think public yeah, sentiment sure. has changed dramatically yes. since then so it's a whole new ball game honestly and if they think they're going to be able to keep doing this without us noticing like <laughs> we're all noticing now we're all paying attention and screaming at the top of our lungs um so hopefully, hopefully there'll be some additional added pressure um, and obviously urge everybody to to put some pressure on wherever you can, or at least keep talking about the case, at least keep talking about how it impacts you on a daily basis. Yes, 100 percent. And you're absolutely right. There has been a massive shift in public opinion over the last several years. Um, uh, I think once he was arrested, that's really when I first started seeing it. It was very slow at first. I think that him being let's just call it what it is him being kidnapped um, uh, really kind of I think. Um, it was kind of like COVID for a lot of people. I think it was like a smack in the face, like, hey, wait a minute, what, what, what is that? What are they doing? Um, and I think that that brought a lot of people in who weren't really paying attention before. And I think that over time that is slowly built. Um, and I mean, we've seen it like the, the, the events that we organize it, it, you know, we were going from like maybe 20, 30, 40 people to the, uh, the one event that we did where we, uh, uh circled the DOJ. I mean, there was a ton of people there. And so we've seen the, um, uh, increase in awareness. I think that's the biggest part because of the mainstream media blackout, which by the way, speaking of mainstream media, the largest and most significant, most consequential court hearing on press freedom is taking place today and tomorrow cnn um I, I i don't watch any of them so i uh, i think Jim, i was on fault lines this morning jamal thomas told me that cnn did cover it he did, he said he didn't know for how long he just happened to notice that it was on the screen um but i went to their websites and cnn has one of those little um like the big issues of the day across the top of the screen so they have a little tab it says julian assange extradition not a single story featured on their website msnbc nothing not a single nothing and fox news nothing not a single mention of the julian assange hearings today on their website 
websites, at least as far as like maybe an hour ago when I checked it. That is insane. <laughs> what? I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. What is happening, Amber? Uh, oh, that's because our mainstream media is owned by yeah. the crazy pill makers. Yes, yeah, that's um, true. It's all pharmaceutical influ <laughs> influence. There was, however, a ton of international news yes. there. I I saw people from all across spectrum, different continents, tons of um, independent media, of course, who has kept this case very alive. Um, so it it was probably the, the most heavily recorded event for Assange in many years. I will say that. Yeah, the international press has really gotten involved over the last several years. I think that, um, I mean, there's always been some, like I think El Pais and uh, Le Monde and things like that. They were publishing partners, so they've been covering it, uh, generally speaking. RT's obviously always done a great job. I think RT's really done, I mean, RT was the only people on uh, on scene when he was kidnapped. If we if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have any footage of that happening. Um, so RT's always been great. Uh, and it, that, but I think you're right. International press has been uh, really growing um, in 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 the past several years, and I think that that's great. But our mainstream media in the West is absolute garbage. Okay, we're gonna take another quick break, but hang tight. We're gonna be back here on today's news talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, it's the weekend, and a lot of you parents are probably trying to figure out. What am I gonna do to entertain my preschooler? Keep him happy, keep her happy. Well, have you ever heard of Coco Melon? It's a, like the most popular show on Netflix. It's for preschoolers, nursery rhymes, and all kinds of goodies, including things like this. Something that we know about you. You love to get up and dance. How about you break out those moves for your two biggest fans? Yes, that appears to be a little boy dancing in a girl's costume for his two gay daddies. And there's more. If you're not sure what to choose, think about all the things you like hmm. to do. Just be you. Just be me? Yep. When you're trying to decide, think about all the things you like to do. Just be you. Just be me? Yes. Nothing like teaching your preschoolers how to dance around for their two gay parents. Hey, when did the two gay daddies teach the kid to spell indoctrination? Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday right here, 9 p.m. Eastern on TNT. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Want to get out of here? to empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
All right, we're here with Amber King. We're talking about the Assange hearings taking place in London. Today was day one of day X. Uh, the Assange defense team was presenting their arguments uh, and their request for appeal. Tomorrow we will hear from the U.S. prosecution. It's going to be a day filled with garbage. Um, I just happened to come across the CNN segment, and it's just a brief clip of it. And uh, to their credit, they uh, did talk about the plots to assassinate Julian Assange on CNN. So uh, not something I thought I would see. Uh, I figured they would probably try to find a way to bury that story, but uh, maybe because it was Trump uh, that ordered those uh, plots to be drawn up. Maybe that's why they're covering its election year and they can use that to damage Trump perhaps. But to their credit, they did at least cover it. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has covered it. I don't watch mainstream media. Uh, I try to avoid it as much as humanly possible. So, um, okay. So tomorrow, um, the obviously we're going to be hearing from the prosecution. Um, and then there is, can you talk a little bit about the march? Because I think um, uh, most people knew that people were gathering outside the court, but there, you mentioned that there's going to be a march following tomorrow's proceedings proceedings uh, down to Downing Street. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, so there seems to be the schedule is kind of 830 gathering speeches outside, out front, and then court starts at about 10 a.m. and everybody goes in, breaks around 1230 or 1, and then wraps up around 4 p.m. I don't know if that's the same for tomorrow, um, but I would assume something similar. And then uh, everybody's going to be marching to Downing Street in a sign of solidarity, So, which I believe is going to be led by Stella. So very exciting. Um, the great thing, too, is just seeing all the different um, you know, protests and video and feed coming in from around the world. Everybody yeah. everywhere is having really large events. I saw pictures from DC. I know we had an event in Seattle today, despite the rain. I saw tons of pictures from Australia and I think Italy and, and, you know, just all over South America. So lots and lots of solidarity is continuing to keep building and the momentum's continuing to build. And I, that just, continues to make me hopeful um that we'll we'll get some kind of reprieve at some point yes um <laughs> excuse me yeah, there's a ton of events happening both today and tomorrow. I think there are also some scheduled uh, for the weekend and things like that. There are some groups that uh, didn't want to do middle of the week stuff. Um, it's a little tricky to do middle of the week stuff. But uh, yeah, again, if you uh, tomorrow, if you're available and you want to find an event near you, um, I always recommend that people, I think Stella Assange also has an interactive map that you can go to um, uh, on her website. You can follow her, by the way, at Stella underscore Assange on Twitter. Um, and then obviously the link, you can find the link there. I think Assange defense will probably have it on their website too they work pretty closely with stella um but i always tell people just because i love alex hills uh to go to candles for assange uh it's candles the number four assange she does a, and she's been doing this for years she uh collects all of the global events she makes sure everybody has graphics um she compiles them all she organizes them all and then she uh publishes publishes them all from a central location that makes it so much easier for people to find events that are near them so uh shout out to my pal alex she does a great job um so hopefully there there will be a larger crowd tomorrow. Uh, is, uh, so the march to Downing Street, they're going to march to Downing Street. Will there, there be speakers at Downing Street as well? Or is it just kind of like a march and then congregate and that's it? Do you know? I'm not sure. So, you know, it's. I don't think there's anything planned. Like I can't imagine them marching a sound system down there. So if they right. have one set up there versus impromptu events, I'll actually sadly be on a plane uh, headed back home by the time the march happens. So I won't be able to get footage of that. But, um, you know, the morning, the morning speeches were very riveting this morning. Jeremy Corbyn spoke and Gabriel and John spoke. So it, 
you know, there's there's a lot of momentum, I think, leading up to the start of of the day that is, I think, a little bit more important, I guess, is in yeah. terms of, of keeping that and keeping people there and engaged throughout the day. But, um, you know, different people are, are posting messages and, you know, kind of showing up. So as long as people keep showing up for Assange, I think that's what really matters in any way that you can do that. Um, if you can make it to London tomorrow, come on down. Um, the more the merrier. They've, we've got uh, double-decker buses uh, geared out in WikiLeaks, people in costumes, music. There was a bunch of drumming bands and brass instruments today. Um, they've covered the entire front. If you go to the Yellow Ribbons for Assange Twitter account, yeah. they covered the entire front full of yellow ribbons. So it's yeah. it, there was some beautiful shots there. Yeah, my pal Truman uh, started the Yellow Ribbons for Assange campaign years ago, um, and he started and he does it really kind of by himself. I'm sure he has occasional help uh, with writing the names, but he will ask people on social media, send me your name and your location. I'll write it on a yellow ribbon. And then he goes to uh, whatever court or Belmarsh or wherever it happens to be where the thing's taking place and he hangs them all up. And it's really um, that's why uh, when we did the big uh, wrap around the DOJ, um, uh, we had that huge yellow ribbon that Paula made. Um, cause that's kind of the symbol that has uh, just kind of developed naturally out of Truman's effort. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, and all of those ribbons have names written on them. Uh, my name's on one of them. Uh, if you put your name on one, of, uh, to send it to Truman, your name is on one of those ribbons. It's really cool, uh, to see that. Um, and it, 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 it really is just striking like the, the ton of yellow ribbons I think is super cool. So yeah, hopefully there will be, um, uh, some sort of uh, gathering at Downing Street. I think that that would be cool, even if they just have to use megaphones. Although with John Shipton, you need like the loudest megaphone possible. He's like the, the most soft-spoken man. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, he's very quiet, um, which I love, but it's just, it's hard to hear him sometimes when he's at events. Um, so, but hopefully they'll have some- this morning. Huh? It was, it was very hard to hear him this morning, too. <laughs> <laughs> I so forget cute. who it was. I forget. And I'm not trying to pick. I, I, I don't remember who it is. I'm not calling you out. I'm not trying to be mean. But there was um, uh, one of the home run for Julian events. I forget which location it was. Uh, they didn't have a megaphone or a microphone or anything. And then John Shipton was speaking. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not good. He's very soft-spoken, wicked funny, too. Uh, but he's just very soft-spoken, so it's very hard to hear him. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, you have to have a very, very loud sound system for John Shipton. you got to crank it all the way up to 11. Uh, he's very quiet. Um, uh, but yeah, hopefully they'll have some kind of like... Um, I don't know, a little like gathering or of some kind, um, you know, just to kind of uh, leave people on that good note, give some people, give people that like motivation. Uh, because as you mentioned, very unlikely that we get a decision tomorrow, just so everybody's very clear. There is a little, there is a chance, but it is a very small chance that there will be a decision made tomorrow. I think almost certainly they'll try to drag this out. So we need to be ready to dig in. We have to keep this pressure up as, uh, and in fact, continue to grow it because um, uh, it's probably going to be some weeks. I would imagine before, I mean, last time it was what, eight months uh, that it took Jonathan Swift to deny the appeal. So we could be looking at a long haul. And frankly, Amber, I don't know how you feel about this. I think almost certainly they're going to drag out the decision on whether or not they'll accept the appeal. I think almost for certain they will accept it. I don't think they want to extradite Julian Assange to the United States in the middle of an election year. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think they do. Not what do you think all. about that? Uh 
Yeah, I don't think they want him on U.S. soil at all, no. considering the, no. the circumstances, considering the other high-profile cases happening. I, I mean, look how much, it, if you look at the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial and look how oh. much that cost the, yeah. the, you know, I don't know if the state paid for it or the county or wh whoever's bill that landed on was in the tens of millions of dollars for one trial. We've already yeah. got Trump on trial. I know I said this the other day, but I'm going to repeat myself. We've got Trump on trial. We've got Hunter Biden starting in June. They do not want Julian Assange at the same time or even near there because the crowd that was there today will travel anywhere yes. to to be there. And of course, we're much more mobilized and, and ready, I think, in the United States as well, even though we're much larger and much more spread apart. Um, yeah, it's so hard. It matters so much more on freedom of speech issues, especially. And that was argued about quite a bit today in the case mm -hmm. is did he have, you know, when you start talking about like, was there collusion, you know, in espionage with with the, the, some of the different charges that they've leveraged? They're not playing by the same standards because they're not giving him the protections that the supposed whistleblowers had. Um, and then and he is the publisher. So, you know, they kind of have to pick and choose their battles and they keep kind of dancing around, you know, oh, well, he wasn't, he's not protected under freedom of speech. He'd only have that if he was extradited. But then they're also saying that he can face additional charges as they see fit, as they change the laws over the years, which is absolute yeah. bullshit. Um, you know, you just can't keep moving the ball like that because if he's in a position where they're going to charge him with the death penalty it's absolutely illegal and immoral and under international law not allowed for him to go to the u.s from the uk that is that is a very strict um you know line they can't cross and so the fact that they keep doing this and they keep adding you know changing charges and changing the laws around the charges and then saying it was you know espionage or premeditated when you can't know the future and it wasn't at the time of you know when they say happened is it's quite telling but you know when you start looking at all of the amendment rights free speech rights the state of free speech in the united states and looking at a large you know you know it could be as big as as occupy again you know or larger you know press freedom is inalienable and it's supposed to be our founding founding principle even in charges of you know state secrecy if they're the the output is is shown to cause you know the harms that it did so yeah. i think there's there's some really you know i think the tide and the 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 conversations have changed in the United States since he was arrested and put in Belmarsh. And I think the outpouring of support and, um, you know, what you'd find on the ground would be very, very different, let alone trying, you know, I think they could probably still find a jury, but who's going to put that bill at the end of the day? Are, you know, right. it, yeah. it, it could be a, a real, real mess.
Not to mention the mess of it being an election year. I mean, come on. And this is bad for both teams, y'all. This is not a good look for either team. It's really bad for Donald Trump, given the fact that it was under Donald Trump that he was arrested. It was under Donald Trump that the plots were developed to murder him. It was under Donald Trump that he was spied on. It's not a good look for Donald Trump, especially given the fact that Trump supporters, generally speaking, support Assange, which is very strange to me that you are still going up for uh, Donald Trump uh, when all of those things that I just mentioned are true. It's a very bizarre thing to me. Um, uh, but okay. Uh, but also it's a bad look for Joe Biden, who's continuing this persecution, who is continuing to destroy the First Amendment. Um, it's not a good look for either one of them. And I think that in the middle of the election year, that is a massive, um, uh, I mean, that's just a really big stain on both of those campaigns. And I don't think that they, but I mean, honestly, it's bad for Assange either way. Either he, either the appeal is denied and he's on a plane to the United States, which I think is obviously the worst option, but uh, even if the appeal is accepted, that just means he goes back to Belmarsh and has to wait for the appeals process to play out, which who knows how long that will take. As I mentioned, everything in this case has been dragged out for as long as they can possibly do it. So, I mean, we're talking probably months, maybe even a year uh, of continued incarceration in Belmarsh for Julian Assange. And that is just unacceptable. It's, it's so mind blowing to me that we're here. Uh, and that it's been this long and that it continues and that uh, it's just it drives me insane. I Again, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills that we have a journalist on trial for doing journalism. He's being tortured on the world stage in broad daylight. Everybody's watching it happen um, and uh, they can just get away with it. It's nuts. OK, but uh, so we only have a couple more minutes. I do want to um, touch on obviously Thomas Massey has been great on Assange and he tweeted out earlier today. Um, he is one of the uh, uh, lead signatories on House Resolution 934. I want to make sure we brought this up because uh, this is something that you can um, contact your House representatives on and and put some pressure on them, them uh, to sign on. It is um, Thomas Massey and uh, Jim McGovern are the um, co-sponsors on this. And then there are 13 other signatories. I'm sorry, 13 other House representatives. And then also Senator Rand Paul signed on. Hey, look at that. Um, so I know, right? Because uh, Rand Paul and I, I have some personal beef with Rand Paul on the Assange issue. But hey, he signed on. I'm down. So, um, uh, so far, it is Jim McGovern, Thomas Massey, Rashida Tlaib, Eric Burleson, Ilhan Omar, Paul Gosar, Ayanna Presley, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Pramila Jayapal, Matthew Rosendale, Greg uh, Kesar, uh, Corey Bush, Jamal Bowman, Jesus Garcia, Chewy. Uh, I think everybody knows him as Chewy. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And then, of course, Ron Paul, uh, Rand Paul. Sorry, Ron Paul way cooler than Rand Paul. Um, uh, and if you would have told me that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would have signed on to the same piece of legislation, I probably would have laughed at you. But here we are. <laughs> it's cool. Um, so that's again, that's how... Of, Go ahead. That's a wrap up of U.S. politics, for sure. It's crazy times. <laughs> it's crazy times. I mean, it's cool, though. I'll take it. I will take um, I, I'm going to do ind individual um, thank you tweets to each of these people. I don't like any of them. Oh, I, I don't know. Thomas Massey's OK. He's all right. I don't I, I don't have a, like a ton of beef. I disagree with him on a lot. But he seems like an okay guy. Um, Rand Paul, I have obvious personal beef with. A um, couple of them I'm not super familiar with. But I don't really like any of them. But I'm going to thank them all independently and individually because uh, credit where it's due. And we need more people to sign on. I would like to encourage more people to sign on. So, again, that is House Resolution 934. Call your elected representatives. 
um, uh, just very briefly, just tell them, hey, um, I'm concerned about the state of uh, the Assange case and how it impacts press freedom, blah, 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 blah. Uh, doesn't have to be super long, only takes a couple minutes. Um, and that could really help move the needle. I really think that the uh, DC six from Australia, those meetings that they had last year, that was that those meetings were what were are why we have that legislation. I think it was very soon after I those meetings so. that, yeah, I, I, think I so. mean, I think we've also been putting a lot of public pressure on a lot of those people. For sure. Um, and, For sure. and so I think that helps too. And, you know, uh, many of our events also, there's been uh, lobbying activities um, yes. by people going up to the Hill, making appointments. So they're about to get hit with a whole bunch of postcards. So, um, yeah. you know, they're, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of momentum underway. Also going to put a shout out for resistbot. It's resist.bot. Um, very easy. A whole bunch of different ways in which you can write letters. You can do it every day. You can do it to all of them every day and it'll do it automatically. It's almost like, you know, it's a, it's a bot. So it's super easy. You get a response right away. Takes less than two minutes and, you know, whatever medium application you can do it from your phone, computer, very easy. I did. I did one from Telegram the other day. It was lovely. Love so that. lots of yeah. Lots whatever of tools quick, you can ways. use. Yeah. Whatever tools you can use. And I realize that everybody's very busy, but something like that, resist bot, or just making a phone call, sending a tweet, whatever it is. Uh, those are always uh, all very quick and easy ways that everybody can uh, help put some pressure on for the Assange situation. So Amber, thanks for jumping in last minute. I really appreciate you. I know it's late there. So uh, get some rest uh, and I'll check in with you tomorrow uh, on day two. Uh, and everybody, uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Juan Passarelli. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now. And Timothy Shea is right after this on today's news talk.